Hello boys and girls. Welcome to this episode of Seeking Satya podcast where I interview entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, writers, athletes, scientists, doctors and more from eclectic fields in the hopes that we can put aside their superhuman stature and learn from their human abilities like building powerful habits, being curious, unafraid to try new things and much more. Today my guest is Dr. Shrikanth Vemula. Dr. Shrikanth is a leading neurologist at Apollo Hospitals, Hyderabad. He received his MD from All India Institute of Medical Sciences and DM in Neurology from Institute of Medical Sciences at Chandigarh. Teaching medical students is one of his passions. He has been actively teaching and advising students over 10 years now. Thanks, Shrikanth, for uh, taking the time to join the show. Always my pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> you are originally from, um, born in, brought up in Tirupati or where were you born? Yeah, although I was born in Chennai, I'm, I'm a Telugu, born in Chennai, but I've been uh, brought up, I, I was brought up in Tirupati and then most of my childhood was in Puttaparthi. So I've been places, but born, yes, in Chennai. Born in Chennai, those days called born Madras. <laughs> yeah, those days called Madras and it was a difficult time for us to take in the name of Chennai. We always <laughs> we secretly still say Madras, uh, uh, you know. Risking the fear of getting, you know, uh, bashed up by the politically correct people. But yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Madras. Yeah. Uh, people of a certain generation know it as Madras, but it was Chennai before it became Madras. Yeah. So I can, I can uh, understand how people think, you know, overall, yeah. people who have a sense of history, they would agree with Chennai. But people mm-hmm. who were very, you know, in the present at the time it was called Madras, ah, I can right. understand how they feel. So it's like that. It, it changes. It was Chennai, Madras, no Chennai again. So, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you moved from Chennai when you were like very little or? No, I was never part of Chennai. I was just born oh, there. Just born my there. Mom, uh, yeah, I was born there. My mom uh, was studying there and all my relatives uh, uh, were there. So, she had her roots in Chennai. When, after oh, she got married, uh, there was no proper place where my dad was staying, you know, to take care of her uh, uh, pregnancy and delivery and stuff. So she had to move to Chennai uh, when she was in a late pregnancy and uh, during a delivery so that her relatives, uh, you know, my mom's yeah. relatives could help her out and uh, it, it was smooth. I was just born there and then moved right back to Andhra Pradesh. Yes. Ah, got it. And, and you mentioned your dad. So your dad was, um, I think your dad was already in the medical profession by then or is that right? When yeah, uh, my dad was a doctor when he married my mom, hmm. and uh, he yeah he he had he had already completed his MBBS. He was practicing when he married my mom. At the time, you know, uh, doing specialization was not a priority, and it was not needed to have a successful practice. So right. he started practicing after MBBS. How was it growing up for you once you um, you know moved back to Andhra Pradesh, and uh, was just a brief glimpse into your childhood, like were you this naughty little kid doing all kinds of crazy things or were you very like um, goody goody? How, how was your uh, early childhood? Oh, goody goody is not at all what I would uh, you know, call myself when I was a kid. I used huh. to run away from school and uh, hop onto my dad's Jeep. He used to go <laughs> camping, you know, he used to go to camp. I used to jump, uh, bunk school, jump into my dad's uh, Jeep and then move off to his camps. So my mom got so uh, frustrated with what I was doing, she decided to put me in a hostel. And that didn't suit uh-huh. me very well. The hostel was in Chennai. I had to go back to Chennai for that, from Andhra Pradesh. So oh. I, that didn't suit me well. I, I didn't, you uh, know, they didn't gel well, me and the hostel. 
to come right back. But, you know, I uh, had fun days. You know, my dad used to have a bike which used to take me on and used to make me meet his friends. Mm. And I was a boss, you know. He had people working for him. Yeah. And uh, I used to boss around. I didn't know what it meant. But yes, it was good bossing around. And I, I, not <laughs> goody goody is not at all what I would uh, call myself. Okay. But no, it doesn't sound like it at all. You were, yeah. you, you were basically <laughs> yeah, shoved off to a boarding school. <laughs> doesn't sound. <laughs> yeah, it had to be done to, you know, put me uh, in control. Yeah. 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 And so you were in, uh, briefly, you were in Chennai, like in a boarding school, and then you came back. For a few months. That's it. Ah, okay. Um, and then came right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you went to another boarding school soon after? In Not soon after. Oh. Uh, I was uh, there for some time in Tirupati. Uh, I had, uh, I did my kindergarten there, LKG, UKG, and first standard, second standard, third standard. Mm. There's something that happened. I, me and my sister, uh, we were not together when we were uh, very young because my sister ah. was adopted by a couple who, was di- mm-hmm. who were distant relatives of ours. Got it. And then she came back because unfortunately they died. And she came ah. back. Uh, she was with me for a while. We fought a lot because I didn't, Till then, it was my kingdom. My sister yeah. came, oh, there we and go. then it was not my kingdom anymore. So yeah. I didn't take it very well. We used to fight a lot. Uh, it was sometimes physical too. And my, oh. my friends couldn't fight a lot. So they wanted to separate us somehow. But go back to the peaceful situation which was there before uh, she came mm-hmm. back. And uh, I had to bear the brunt. And uh, they wanted to send me somewhere. My uncle, who mm-hmm. knew Puttaparthi and... Uh, uh, how uh, you know really uh, how disciplined it was there? He thought I should write an entrance there. There was a first uh, batch of students who were joining there. So I wrote the entrance and moved to Puttaparthi. So yeah, I had to move back to move to Puttaparthi in my fifth class. In the fifth, oh, you started in fifth grade there, and then uh, yeah, fifth, yeah, you stayed on till twelfth. So I know till that. I yeah. joined you. you um, know eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You joined me in eighth. So, yeah. yeah. You, uh, five years we studied together, wasn't it? Wow, yeah. Five years. and yeah. I think Five years, yeah. We probably, I'm not sure if I, I'm sure we met in 84 when I joined. It must have been so 25 years. Or, um, sorry, 35 yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Now that you mentioned it, yes. 84. 35. 35. Nine, uh, 2019. 35 years. Yeah, 35 years. Yeah. Uh, How was the uh, sciences inclination? Was it early on for you? I never did anything which I didn't want to. Mm. If I did something, I had to, I was passionate about it. Mm. And I always wanted to know, know about things. Why did it happen? What can happen? Uh, how can we change it? Lots of things. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was like a passionate thing for me. And uh, I had to find out deeper. Maybe that's what led me to uh. Uh, taking up science. And I was good at math too. But yeah. then... Uh, it didn't tickle me much because uh, it ended a certain place. No, not like I could go deeper into science, but not uh, so much math. Yeah. So yeah, science. I the the I, Sherlock Holmes was my favorite character. He wanted <laughs> to find out. He he gathered clues. He found the culprits. I thought science did the same thing. You 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 investigated. You found out, and then you gathered clues, and you came to a conclusion. That for me, science was all de- detective work. So yeah. I've never heard of uh, this analogy. That's pretty cool. Sherlock Holmes or sort of like a detective work. Yeah. Um, so were you interested in, I think you used to read a lot of these 
detective or all kinds of books when you're in um, Puttaparthi school, if I remember. I know we had a small library, but I, I recall you used to be uh, reading like crazy. Were you yeah. into books? Quite a lot, right? A lot. A lot. Yeah. Anything that, could, that I could lay my hands on, you know, it, it need not be, it needed, it needn't be only uh, this genre or that genre. I could read anything. Just mm-hmm. lay my hands on it and complete it. It's just curiosity. What, what did that, what is there in that book and what is written and why did, why did that write it? It's just curiosity like me on. And I, lo- I love stories. Any good yeah. story, you know, uh, you know, made me curious and then I had to complete the book. So lots of books. Wow. Um, and I mean, luckily the curiosity didn't kill the cat here, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe it has nine lives and. <laughs> I'm just living another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, any um, particular like lessons or things that strike out to you as you go back into that time um, in Puttaparthi from your fifth grade to twelfth? I mean, anything that's strikingly you recall that might have affected you in one way or the other, you know, as a person. Positively, negatively, either way, it's fine. Um, I love to solve things, problems, and I love to be needed. Mm. And staying in a hostel, uh, that was not difficult to be needed, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, be uh, of use to somebody around. So if uh, somebody needed me, they could come and I could, uh, you know, I could talk to them. I could, uh, you know... Uh, try to figure out a way to come out of the situation. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very, you know, social, social. I, I don't go out of my way to make friends. But if somebody came to me, I would love that. So for me, staying in a hostel helped me in a way that uh, even though I didn't go out of my way to make friends, I did make my friend, I did make friends who are uh, with me till now. And uh, I, it's like a, it's like a slow development. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that if I was not in the hostel. For me, hostel life was good. Ah, interesting. So you had all the setup. You had the people. You were constantly with people, and there was uh, more scope for people to come to you, as opposed to if you're outside, you might have had to do it yourself proactively to reach out to people which you are not that interested in. I yeah, I was not very proactive in going out and making friends. Right. But hostel uh, hostel life, uh, you know, sorted that out for me. Uh, I made friends without going out of the way. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then you, you were you into a lot of uh, different other things beyond reading books and uh, studying uh, while you were there? I wanted to do everything. I was not very good <laughs> at many things. <laughs> I wasn't good at many things. I must confess. Yeah. But I wanted to do everything. Like mm. um, sports, I was reasonable. I was not good. I was reasonable. Uh, art, yes, I loved yep. art. Uh, I could paint, I could draw, and um, I did some stuff. It is not great, but it yep. made me happy. Uh-huh. And uh, literature, uh, any literary activities, uh, yep. you know, organizing things, yep. all of them. Quizzing, especially. Quizzing, quizzing. especially, right? I recall yes. that. Yeah. Again, that goes back to, I think, what you said earlier. Quizzing, probably because there's something about what is it, why is it, curiosity. Yep. Yeah, and that curiosity to know was, yeah, drove me to participate in a lot of quizzes. Oh, wow. I see. That seems to be a common thread. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and then you moved on from once you've completed high school. Um, yeah. You've uh, moved on to medical school uh, directly, if I'm yeah. right. Um, yeah. And then what was it like uh, medical school, uh, studying medical school uh, in, Putu- in Tirupati, sorry. What was it like? How was the life there? Uh, it was a different environment, obviously. Now, first of all, you're outside the um, hostel and all that, but also in an adult environment. Now you're grown up. Somehow you have to <laughs> do things yourself. I tell you, even for anybody, let's say if they were staying at home, even mm-hmm. without being in a hostel, uh, moving from 16 to 17 or 18 is a huge thing. Every year when you're a teenager is a terrible event. And uh, coping with the changes that happen and coping with uh, all the expectations and you become an aspirant, uh, near professional from being a student who is being taken care of. That's a lot of stress. Uh-huh. You, people expect a lot out of you. You're supposed to grow up quickly uh, yeah. when you from 16 to 18. That's not so easy on many of the teenagers. And uh-huh. coming out of the hostel, very protected environment, you know, yep. Puttaparthi, the they, uh, everybody took care of each other and the staff was great and uh, everybody around took care of you without making you feel um, awkward or you know uh, separate but yeah. when you come to the outside world I, I refer to this as outside world because it's uh, it's difficult to cope with the demands of uh, a place uh, you know outside of Puttaparthi which is which is very smooth for most kids who join there Mm-hmm. So for me, it was difficult, not only joining a medical college where the demands on your time to read and also mm-hmm. to think of lots of other things is very high. Yeah. And I had to cope with the outside world and whatever that means to uh, who, people who are listening to this. Yeah. But for me, it was an outside world. Uh, it was difficult, but I was with my parents. So they helped me cope quite a bit. I, I, my, my house was just next door to the hospital, the college and the hospital. Yeah. So it was easy. Uh, it was not that difficult to cope, but it was a, it was a bit of a struggle. You know, I moved from, uh, from a boys, uh, school to a co-education. Mm-hmm. That was also a little difficult, you know, yep. things happen and then you're, you're trying to adjust to the new realities and then you're awkward and then. Uh, but still you have to cope and you're trying to catch up. These things can take a toll on uh, how you think and your uh, sense of balance uh, make you awkward, uh, mm. make it difficult for you to join the crowd, uh, make you socially um, a little imbalanced. All yeah. these things happen. I'm sure most of the, you know, most of us would have experienced that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although we tend to be shy in revealing those. Yeah, exactly. Um... I think the teenage years are pretty stressful in so many ways. And uh, like you said, I mean, it's sort of understand the world inside as well as the world outside. There's a lot of hormonal changes and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's just a lot compressed into two or three years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to discover a lot of, uh, lot of what yourself and yeah. some of them are not very pleasant. And uh, <laughs> some of them are like, place a huge pressure on you. Yeah. You would know that. Yeah. Uh, any particular example or story comes to your mind on a challenge that you faced kind of growing up, quote unquote? Yes. See, what happens is uh, when you go to a co-education place, mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to adjust and then you feel attracted to the opposite sex and they yep. 
try to become friends with you and then you're not sure and that was an age where it was not as permissive as it is now yeah and you have to do you have to think a lot before you became friends with the with anyone mm. and um, especially if you i mean i was a little uh, little liberal in my thinking yep. i brought home the girl and that was not very, taken very kindly at my at my place mm. so i had to be <laughs> shown my place and uh, <laughs> told in uh, so many terms what they thought of this and uh, that made it both difficult for both me and the girl yeah and uh, i had to uh, retreat uh, into my shell for a while and mm. i had to uh, because i was you know i was uh, looked at as a role model uh uh now being a role model is not difficult because having this friendships or being friends with the opposite sex is not taken you know badly yeah uh, at the time you had to you had to listen to your parents and uh, for societal norms and many things that made That's it a little right. awkward for me to you know carry on uh yeah there were many such incidents but this mm-hmm. i would yeah recall and um i mean how did you cope with like retreating into a shell i mean was that um, did it affect your school like grades and education like learning or was that something that you were able to i mean i'm trying to understand how you overcame that and move on move forward for me uh, you know academics are never a problem ah uh, i could cope easily and uh, because i i, I loved uh, what i studied and what i did so for me i didn't have to put in any extra effort for that but That's for all the other things for all the other things like yeah. uh, being accepted socially was difficult yeah. for me yeah um many people didn't understand me mm-hmm. um my behavior was not like uh, what others uh, did or expected so for me to fit into a crowd was extremely difficult uh, i i thought in a certain way most of the others thought in a different way and i i wanted to fit in i wanted to fit yeah. in very badly <laughs> but it was not always easy and so yeah. i remained with a very few close friends who still are my friends yeah but i could never be that you know the the uh, jock or uh, the popular guy yeah. one of those people i could never be because yeah i mean i'm not i at the time it affected me a lot that right. why why am i not able to do what others are doing why am i not yeah. able to i i want to everybody wants to be popular i wasn't <laughs> and <laughs> I, i uh oh. at least with the general you know uh, the society around me yeah. i was uh, friends with many of my you know many of the people in my class but you know that there are people who are extremely popular and everybody loves to be around them i wasn't one of them that that was difficult for me to accept now i don't uh, you know uh, really mind it i mean i'm happy the way i was i, I didn't yeah. i didn't pretend so yeah. I, i didn't have to go and uh, do stuff which i didn't like to do I, i'm happy now yeah no <clears throat> that's interesting again you're saying about how you know studies was not much of a challenge and it's always come naturally because you loved it um yeah um and then also recall you had um sort of started out doing other things um on campus like um introducing something called pulse like a new uh, way for people to um bring out their creative aspects while in the medical school um i mean 
were there other things that you did sort of to apart from education which was not a big deal for you but to cope up with these other pressures like being popular or trying to fit in um were there tactics or things that helped you like you know focusing your mind on other things and not just worrying about why am i not popular or why am i not fitting in uh, did you use some tactics or things that sort of distracted you from this and put your energy energy somewhere else you could say that mm-hmm. actually uh, i knew my strengths mm-hmm. and uh, obviously i knew my weaknesses uh, my i was good at uh, organizing i was good ah. at recognizing what talent people had i was good at uh, uh, putting it out for everyone to see for me pulse was uh, this you know it was a uh, it was a uh, uh display on the wall which at the time we didn't have uh, a lot of cell phones or social media and stuff so if somebody had to show their talent they had to actually physically put it up uh, somewhere for uh, for the others to see i yeah. think it was a good medium for everybody to express their talent and it it was a huge hit uh, i started it in 93 it's still running in the hospital in the college <laughs> with the same name they they tweaked it a bit and they came back to pulse now <laughs> so <laughs> yeah Yeah, oh, at, the, at the time it was not accepted very well because uh, people said, uh, "Why didn't you go and you know do your job, which is studying?" Studying, why are right? You, yeah, right, studying, right. you know, studying. Right. Uh, you people, you know, you waste your time. You do all this stuff, and you are no good at all that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I didn't want to bother with what they thought. I did did it anyway, and it was. Oh, uh, was that yeah. uh, was just the teachers? I mean, professors, or was it um, co-students who were saying this? It's a waste of Students, time. Students, uh, but were very happy to have this. You know, they wanted to, you know, show off. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to put up stuff and make others, uh, you know, see how talented they were. They yeah. didn't mind. Yeah, it was the professors and the other uh, right, right, uh, faculty and uh, administrators. Those people. Interesting. But they came round. They they did come round and they they were very happy with the and they took the credit also. I'm telling you. So yeah, it was not uh, unusual for me to see that happen. You know, they they first uh, uh, reject all these ideas. When yeah. it happens, they don't mind taking the credit. So yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it either. I didn't I didn't care actually. <laughs> It's like they fight it, they they ridicule it. and yeah. then then they turn around and then you win <laughs> yes absolutely so i am credit anybody can take i was happy yeah. that i did it that's all it mattered that's all that mattered for me yeah yeah because i i do see some folks sort of uh, during that age or time period where you're um, constantly discovering new things about yourself and about the world around you Yes, and uh, you start to have self-doubt, and you start to have things that sort of affect you mentally. Um, you know, why am I not fitting in, or is this uh, am I awkward and oddball out here, and things like that. And um, having the energy spent, um, I guess, wherever you spend the energy is where um, you see the effects. I guess, and it looks to me like you've definitely put some of these other things behind you didn't focus your energies on all these other things and somehow you were able to cope up with it uh, doing other things that interested you and the other interesting point you mentioned is like you knew what were your strengths and weaknesses uh, i think that's a super important thing right like uh, to discover to discover what you're really good at and then focusing so you do you double down on what your strengths are or do you worry about what your weaknesses are and 
try to improve on them I, where do you spend your energies i can tell you for a fact everybody worries about their weaknesses yeah but the but the trick is in uh, moving on hmm you i can't be superman or any other person who is multi talented or can do everything i can't be yeah. i know that i real i wanted to i must confess <laughs> i wanted to do everything but i knew i couldn't so i just moved on and i'm glad i did because that made me focus on what i could do and i i could do those uh, those yeah. things well how do you I, um, sorry go ahead there was another thing we did in the college which was very controversial again hmm. we for the first time in the history of the college uh, i started a cultural festival intercollege cultural festival called a synergy synergy yeah very synergy that. you remember that yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you came with it yeah. was i mean it was with uh, the inspiration of uh, rhapsody rhapsody yeah from my engineering college yeah college, where, where i used to come to your college you know we participated together if you remember yeah yeah and uh, and you guys used to come and uh, take away all the quizzes and all this like just nail it yes thank you we did that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that gave me an inspiration to start uh, the synergy thing hmm um, there was again a lot of uh, resistance but we could pull it off at the end of it though it was a bit controversial some of the people who are close to the management yeah. they tried to pull it off as their own achievement and we, uh. the for me it was not a problem but where it hurt people was that people who worked with me to make it a success yeah did not get the credit i was thinking uh. that it's okay for me to let go but i did not, not think others. about those other people who also worked for that yeah it was not yeah. about me i i was selfish at the time to think that i don't mind losing uh, credit uh, for this thing because i did it anyway but i did not right. think about the pe- other people who also did it who wanted some credit because they were not in the front but they worked a lot for it that was something i still regret and uh, if i did something like that and i won't uh, let it happen they need they deserve credit and oh, they didn't get it wow. very interesting so that sort of like a team leader not just looking out for himself or herself like okay i'm fine and i didn't get the credit and i don't care i did it anyway but it's it's more about hey you're the team leader you're not you know leader <laughs> you're yes. you're actually responsible or accountable for your team and making sure yes. that the team is happy and so that's something you would go back and change if you did, if you had a chance absolutely that's one thing i would change about that whole thing you know i i would make uh-huh. sure that the other team members got it ready because they went out of the way at the time i should also tell you that uh, my classmates were not very enthusiastic about what i was doing they didn't wow. care but my junior they were my sister's classmates they yeah. supported me outright they said well, you do something we'll be there behind you and i i guess i let them down by <laughs> you know yeah by not uh, you know letting them uh, get the credit that they deserved and uh, that was stupidity on my part at the time uh, i yeah. would change it if i could go back got it got it and and it's always exhilarating i think to <clears throat> i didn't realize you um took the initiative and led this the first time um starting synergy in the medical college um yes. but it it's it's very exhilarating right to take something of an idea that was never done before and sort of bringing people together convincing them that this is cool and and sort of ignoring the naysayers those your classmates not necessarily very excited about it uh and bringing the team together to make it happen i mean any uh, t- 
theme or leadership lessons that you can share from that experience never let anybody else uh, you know uh, bog you down uh, mm-hmm. never let anybody tell you that you can't do it yeah and there'll always be people who'll uh, like your ideas and will support you ah. if it's any good and you should you should go ahead and do what you feel is good if as long as uh, it's it's a, it's, it's uh, with a you know it has got a foundation and uh, there is some stuff in it you yeah. go ahead and do it yeah it'll not be easy but uh, it's doable yeah awesome hey that, that's um i know we're talking a lot about your you know um initiatives in medical school and the fun things it did and all that any tactics or routines that sort of help you uh just get through not like get through but actually ace uh, the college and then pass the college i know um you went on to um all india medical sciences institute of medical sciences take away any lessons from wondering if there is something that you used during those five years of medical college that sort of helped you get some discipline around um your college um credits and you know exams and what not right from my school days you know uh you 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 you, you know me you would, you will you would have seen me before the exams uh, you know uh talking to others and yeah. uh, i loved to teach even when i was a student yeah. you know even in my 10th class in my intermediate plus 1 and plus 2 yeah i when i didn't know something if i told someone else about that topic i had to be thorough in the topic to tell them for right. me that was a tactic to understand the topic mm. you no know, reading for exam you can get away with not being clear about certain concepts but when you teach you can't <laughs> you have to be 100% clear in what you're thinking and uh, what you're telling that guy because that guy will start asking you questions you better answer yeah. them otherwise you look like a dumb fool <laughs> so at least to uh, not make myself feel like that oh i had to, I to read carefully and then go into it and then <laughs> i had to teach of course my classmates were very happy that i told them things but mm-hmm. they didn't know why i was doing it secretly i was just being selfish you know just interesting that's a very it, it's a tactic i don't know how you picked it up or how you came about it because not many people in high school think they can teach they don't they, they think they're there, to, they're there to learn not to teach and how did you come about that idea i i don't know i didn't plan it yeah but uh, when some somebody would have asked me randomly you know yeah uh, yeah you, you seem to get some marks you let me see how topu you are and, uh, <laughs> tell me this so i would have probably told him and realized that i got better marks uh, on the topic where i explained that thing to that to the guy and then maybe i thought this that was a good thing i don't remember actually but i think yeah. this might have happened yeah yeah it, it seems yeah it makes logical sense i mean when you teach you you have to be more prepared uh, than when you're just giving an exam <clears throat> answering a question uh, because you're actually trying to explain and make the other person understand what is in your mind which is you, much harder you're going to yeah. yeah you're going to details when you explain that mm. you won't normally go into mm. in just when taking an exam so i realized that and it helped me a lot even during my college days that was the, that was a case my we used to do combined studies you know i yeah. nowadays nobody does it i i i used to encourage my um, you know my children to do that but nobody does it now very very few do and my students also i teach in medical colleges now when yeah. i try to tell them 
combined studies they look at me you know with with wide eyes and uh, what the hell is this nobody when you say combined, uh, combined studies you mean like you used to sit with other classmates and others in the medical college like hostel or whatever and study with them is that what you mean by combined studies absolutely see we used to all mm-hmm. get together we all well we all were uh, fun loving uh, you know uh, yeah. people yeah. we wanted some fun out of everything yeah so <laughs> when we got together it was we you know we combined to study but what we studied uh, was uh, was something else you know you, yeah <laughs> one thing led to another and we used to go off into different topics and it was nonsensical but yeah. at the end of at the end of it the, that very process you know of going deep into something some topic and mm. then dissecting it threadbare it was fun it was there was no seriousness to it but we could do it we could go deep and uh, at that time it seemed nonsensical but later i understood that the process itself got uh, ingrained uh, into my brain and uh, i had the capacity to you know go deep into any topic and that helped me and uh, my friends suffered uh, uh, in my hands at this but they're okay now <laughs> they they're doing okay now <laughs> yeah no, that's um no, that's a really i think it's a nice takeaway i mean like um you could maybe try doing it alone but i think it just makes it more fun and probably easier when you do it with the you know group of people your friends especially trying to go yeah. deep into the the bottom of a particular topic and get yeah. different perspectives and you, rem- and you remember those things which you speak about you know ah. uh, rather than what you read let's say you read a topic yeah uh, and you re- you know memorize it by yourself some people even say those things loud uh aloud yeah. you know uh, like they're speaking it out and then trying to recall and such stuff but when yeah. you speak to others those very same topics let's say you get the question in exam mm-hmm. you would recall something you told to your friend or you know which you discussed with your friend better than if you read it alone uh, i think many of uh, ah. i mean, I mean you I mean I'm sure you would recall the same thing if you told something to someone you'd yeah. recall telling them yeah way better than if you read it alone absolutely absolute something about it that uh, they say even for um I don't know if it's similar but they say if if you write something down you'll remember it better than if you just read it um but this one seems to be even more if you not just read it but you actually told someone about it and try to explain it or talk about it you'll remember a lot more very interesting if you focus uh, on this when you write down mm-hmm. sometimes you may not be totally attentive yeah. your mind may wander a uh, 10% or 20% may wander but when you tell someone it rarely wanders because you have to make sure that the other person is actually interested in what you're telling and they understand what you're telling yeah. so you rarely wander off yeah so that helps you uh, you know remember that that topic storytelling or some some sort of Were you good at that? Like, I think you used to be pretty good at that. Like, were you good at telling something to people and sort of making them understand? It seems like you were. I mean, you were obviously. Uh, I, I I was actually, and I, I still am. If you, I take classes now for medical students, yeah, and all they hear are stories. Ah, <laughs> lots of stories. Lots right? of stories. I start my class with a story. I fill it up with stories, and ah. end with a story. So you know, that's. <laughs> I recall the first time I faced someone who used to tell stories was um our principal um, you know Habu sir 
DS Hub. And yes. I was in his classes. I'm, that was my first year in Puttaparthi and I was kind of clueless and I was just trying to even learn English and things like that. And I, I sit in his classes and he was saying all these stories about 19, you know, 1857 mutiny and some Jansi and something, something. And Most I was just... Remember that? <laughs> it was like somebody was describing, I mean, I can still visualize what he said at the time, you know, Boston Tea Party. Boston Tea Party. Playing in front of my eyes. Ah. Do you remember that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, the storytelling was so, so amazing that I was just in love with it. I used to listen as if it was my grandma or somebody telling stories. And then, uh, and then like two months later, there was a unit test and I basically failed it because I thought he was just telling stories. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, it can work that way too, huh? Stories can, can work, work that, that way, way also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Uh, yeah. But uh, but I think what you're saying is uh, super uh, interesting in the sense like even today you sort of use those lessons you learned from childhood like in terms of being able to communicate the topic or a point. Um, you can say it as a fact, matter of fact, and but it won't actually sink in on the other side. But when you say it in a story format, you actually get them sort of pay attention to you and then you, um, you convey what you need to convey. Yeah, uh, actually, how I look at it is, I'm, let's say when I'm teaching, I try to imagine myself as a student. How yeah. would I understand this better? Uh, you know, when I was a student, I wanted people to tell me lots of stories. I love stories. I told you I love books yeah. and reading all those things. I love mm-hmm. stories. If somebody made a topic interesting by telling it in a story form, or making it, it had a beginning and end and, you know, narrative. Yeah. I would love that. And I, I didn't forget that. So even now when I teach, I try to um, uh, look at the lowest common denominator, the student who doesn't know anything. Mm. He's not, it, they can't understand high, uh, you know, high stuff like neurology, which I am, I'm a practicing neurologist. Yeah. They won't understand neurology. So I try to go down to the very basic level. And tell it in a story form. Then they start uh, wide-eyed, you know, they start listening wide-eyed and full attention, all ears. And I love that feeling. I love that look on their face. I try <laughs> to go for that look. Once ah, I get that I look, see. I know I have, I have them hooked and I can go to the topic, the main topic where then some matter is needed and they have to pass their exam also. Yeah, so super interesting. start with the story and then get them hooked. Yeah. That actually leads me to like, you mentioned you are a practicing neurologist now. Um, before you became the practicing neurologist that you are. I mean, you, between the medical college and this, you had a few other things going on. Uh, maybe briefly touch on some things like you went and did your um, PG in All India Institute of Medical Sciences. Even just a basic question, like how did you get into it? Was there, were there things that you had to do to um, get into AIMS? Because that's super hard. Uh, if I tell you it's it was a pure accident <laughs> you won't uh, <laughs> believe me <laughs> but it was see what happened was uh, i was doing my internship what in uh, in medical studies we have a college course at the end of the college course we have a practical um, uh, training of one year duration which we call as internship uh, i was doing my internship and uh, luckily we were eligible to write uh, the entrance exam for all india institute of medical sciences Mm-hmm. That was the premier institute in the country, premier medical institution in the country. My seniors were going to write the exam and uh, I thought I would apply, but then I was not sure I would get it and I was not serious about it. My dad had <laughs> a different view, he had a very different view. He was very upset with me that I didn't apply on time and uh, I was 
given a dressing down for not applying and he mm. took me to the post office made me oh, fill wow. up the form and post it at the time we didn't have emails so we had right. to physically post it <laughs> post wow. the form and that got accepted my seniors were going i thought i'll take some time off from my internship and then go see new delhi you know at the time mm. i hadn't gone to north india so for me it was just a outing excursion <laughs> but i guess the lack of pressure on my mind yeah uh, made me take the entrance exam very well i, I there was absolutely no pressure and i took the exam and i uh, did well and i got into the institution while, while i was still doing my internship at the time it was um, unusual for that to happen uh, uh in a, in in for anyone and it was good for me but uh, i would say how i studied mm-hmm. was that uh, again i didn't want to study in the rote form like uh, you know go to library sit read yeah. come back memorize no i didn't like that what i did was in my internship i wanted to you know spice up things a bit so i organized quiz shows quiz shows oh, interesting. medical and yeah, medical topics so i got my pg to organize the shows and i participated sometimes i conducted the quiz shows what i what made uh, then what changed uh, for me with that was that i had to focus on the details when you conduct a quiz you can't uh, write an essay and uh, hope to get away with it you have to actually go to the details for me that mattered a lot and that helped me get through the entrance also yeah <laughs> no kidding yeah. it was it was a little um, odd uh, preparation but it it did the trick it worked for you <laughs> yeah it worked for me yeah, yeah yeah and i can't believe so your dad had to sort of take you to the yeah, post right. office and get yeah. you to the mail the application yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. i i must i must confess i'm very lazy in in many things many things it actually helps i think right i mean the the in some ways people consider laziness in some ways as a bad thing but it actually i think helps right sometimes you want to find the most optimized or efficient ways of doing things because you're lazy absolutely <laughs> you, you find you find ways uh, which work for you shortcuts you can call them and uh, that's only because you you're lazy and uh, you your mind works faster when you have time to work <laughs> so i guess that helps yes it does help wow um talking about your dad and it seems to me like and your mom maybe as well can you share a little bit about their roles my mom supported me whatever the situation she mm-hmm. i have never heard her i i don't recall my mom screaming at me once not even once i have never she was always there and whatever wow. i wanted whenever i wanted and she used to stay up late with me to study with me and make coffee or tea for me whenever i wanted so mm-hmm. there is no question my mom was great i mean mm-hmm. i couldn't have survived the ordeal of a medical college without her my dad was <laughs> a little uh, different Mm-hmm. and he did me to study sometimes he used to scream at me i needed that actually if yeah. i didn't have that i would have uh, you know um, be more laid back uh, mm-hmm. you know given up more easily i would yeah. have done all that if it was not for my dad uh, so he made sure that i was on track and right. uh, we had some interesting moments and yeah. difficult moments uh, but uh, looking back i wouldn't have done this without my dad we still have a stormy relationship yeah but um, anything that you recall particularly that you know when you look back you think you know that was actually amazing that he did that but at that time it was painful i used to get scolded for uh, staying late nights out mm-hmm. with friends or you know not being on time 
uh, not doing things on time. I, I, I procrastinate a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not very organized. Uh, I, I tend to, uh, uh, you know, sometimes go back on my word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to not uh, stick to plans. All oh, these things have been problems with very interesting oh man i have so much to talk about here i, I think I need to learn a lot about those things so you you tend to change your plans quite often you uh you you said you're not very organized but nobody would think of those things when they think of shrikant i mean like but they seem to have helped you i mean because I, one of the things i heard is uh, i think jeff bezos from amazon he talks about one way doors and two way doors and he talks about in life most of them are two way doors like you can go in and if you don't like what you see you just come out people think that everything is a one way door and they try to think overthink and not make decisions fast enough because they think you go in and you can't come out which is not the case it seems I, to me like you're you have a perspective somewhat similar where you see life as a two way door and you can make changes can you explain a little bit more about your changing your yeah, mind I'm, often and things like that sorry good and no problem i i i'm not very rigid if mm. i make a plan if i feel somewhere uh, in the middle of the plan that uh, no this is not working out i don't stick to it yeah i don't want to i if there is a better plan that comes to my mind uh, along the way i would go with that plan for me the outcome and the overall balance is important rather than sticking to a plan for the plan's sake so yeah. i would abandon the plan if it if i thought it was not working for me even timing i would rather be late and mm. do the job well ah. uh, than be on time and do do it badly yeah so uh, many people did not take kindly to my timings but uh, even now when i see huh. patients uh, sometimes it stretches and stretches uh, even if i start on time sometimes i'm not able to see the next patient on time but mm-hmm. then i would make sure that the patient i had seen previously gets my complete attention and gets yeah. the job done uh, rather than trying to maintain I, i don't look at the watch so if i did i would uh, probably uh, suck at my job Yeah. <laughs> I think it I like the honesty. <laughs> I you know that what the thing is it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, pretend to be someone else and I can't do things which work for others. Maybe being on yeah. time works for the others. It does yeah. it didn't work for me. So yeah. I guess I turned out this way. But uh, my dad saw merit in being on time because that also helps. You know sometimes Mm-hmm. uh it may not be because of the work alone it may be because you're lazy i mean i'm lazy mm-hmm. so sometimes i just postpone things yeah even when uh, to be honest even when some i mean other people are involved and uh, where i should have given them importance i did not give them that importance and for my own laziness i used to postpone things mm. my dad brought back some perspective into that and made me see reason why i should respect others time yeah. and what i should do to you know uh, uh, try and balance things you can't uh, look you know be selfish and uh, um, look after yourself alone and then ignore what others uh, needs are others timings so that uh, he always brought me back yeah uh, to see things uh, in a proper perspective yeah and i think talking about that and uh, helping others and not being self centric uh, i think your dad was constantly in that mode if i recall those days like he used to take us including me sometimes we used to be on these medical camps where he would go and help uh, people from all kinds of places remote places and other cities not just tirupati it seems to me like he he was um pretty well aware of helping others is a way to help yourself in a way absolutely he he was a revolutionary in a way 
uh, he he's a small he came from a very small family a uh, small farmer his dad was a very small farmer he studied my dad studied literally under the street lights he had to work in his farm in the morning go to the school barefoot there was no road at the time he had no slippers to wear go to the school come back in the evening and work in the farm again otherwise wow. the, the family couldn't sustain itself and he had to his dad didn't have the money to even pay for the college uh, at that time at the time the college fees were piddly little small amounts he didn't even have that money his uncle helped him hmm. and uh, he made sure he understood the value of what he went through and he was very hard he he, he still works uh, he was very hard to become what uh, uh, he became and uh, he wanted to give something back he conducted more than 600 camps uh, diabetes camps Wow. At the time, the awareness of diabetes was very low very little, right? in the population. Yeah, yeah very low. Yeah. And uh, he made sure that everybody became aware. He used to conduct blood sugars uh, freely, you know, test blood sugars freely, conduct camps, made everyone aware. And uh, he did stuff. Um, I wish I could do a bit of what uh, he has done. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. I'm sure they're, they're, um, they're above on you and uh, you carry some of those lessons. in your daily profession i'm sure um just um quickly touching on you said your mother was constantly there for you supporting you um but there was no pressure per se from her in terms of you need to do this or you need to do that uh, not a bit huh? <laughs> not a bit not a bit <laughs> not not a bit yeah 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 any any specific uh, thing you could recall that It's a very cherished memory for you from your relationship with your mom. She, she, you know, she shielded me from the fury of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of memories. That's right. Yeah, that's I right. Mean, that's uh, awesome. She used to feed me. I couldn't. Uh, I mean, when I was too busy studying and I couldn't place my hand in the uh, plate and then, yeah. you know, take it to my mouth. She did that for me. Oh man. And uh, yeah, I used to sleep on her lap and then study. and she oh. stayed awake because uh, the lap was important for me yeah. so she she stayed awake and she and I, mean, I, i knew she had to get up in the morning she knew she had to yeah. uh, but then she did she just stay back uh, more than any event <laughs> yeah. just these little things uh, mattered a lot to me and mm-hmm. uh, it was always ongoing you know and yeah. there was no one or two events as that really just every day i knew i could uh, depend on her yeah yeah absolutely wow what a what a blessing right um, it is huge we yeah. don't realize it yeah because it, we take it for granted and it's so routine that we don't realize it <laughs> but, uh, and i could be completely off here but i think uh, your sister yamini i mean she was pretty much looking up to you as this role model as as you were in college and she she used to look up to you pretty much uh, i don't know about it maybe i hope i don't know i need to ask her about it i need to ask her about it and she never told me as many words you know <laughs> but uh, i she um, i remember we were all good friends you me my sister i remember you went to see her when she was in the hostel yeah. and uh, yeah you uh, you know you took care of her and uh, you spoke to her at great lengths when she was down oh yeah <laughs> she speaks very fondly about it that oh, you man. see her and comfort her when you talking of uh, music I, i think you are big into music like you you listen to a lot of music any any I, favorites i'm not everything oh. under the sun mm. i'm not very fixated on any genre i i i can listen to anything anything that is uh-huh. musical anything yeah. that uh, um i started with groups like bonium abba 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I I listen to a lot of Telugu music, Ilai Raja, Gala, yeah. uh, Espi, everyone, whoever um, sang well or composed well, mm. I was there listening to them. So no one in particular, but any any good music was okay by me. Just listen to music. Ah. So yeah, and I'm going to listen to it after this. <laughs> 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 yeah, it it feels it's it's my background. It's my it's the background That's, in my life. It runs all through your life. Very interesting. All through. I'm very impressed like how you have a very wide variety of uh, you know interests and not not only interests within each of these interests like music or literature or books it is pretty eclectic like wide ranging it's not narrow or, you know, it's very interesting how um, you have this much diverse uh, set of things you're interested in what is it what is that about i mean are you sort of like always you you want to know more you want to do more you want to find more you're always like that ambitious want to do everything kind of person or what is that no i'm not i don't want to achieve i'm mm-hmm. not an ambitious person mm. but i'm a wide eyed child you know mm. uh wondering what's happening why is it <laughs> sounding so good yeah. what is this story going to lead to i'm uh-huh. just a curious child uh i know i know I'm, i don't yeah. look like one but i'm still inside i'm still a little child no one so you feel <laughs> how you feel is I more feel important like <laughs> i feel like one <laughs> so it's just It's just wonderment, you know. I'm wondering, wonderment. wow, this music sounds great. Mm. How did they do it? And uh, I love these lyrics. What did the uh, songwriter mean by this? Yeah. So, or uh, where is the story going to lead to? Yeah. Um, it's just the small things. I'm not an ambitious person. I, I, I'm not. I don't want to achieve. That is very interesting. It's not about conquering the world. It's really out of curiosity and wonderment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those things. Small things. The small things. <laughs> small things. Just the small thing. Yeah. We 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 tend to ignore the small things. Me too. I ignore the small things. But <laughs> I realized life is there in the details. Small yeah. things. Life is in the details. That's very interesting. I've only heard about the devil is in the details. But any um anything you can recall from those few years in North India, um whether in Delhi or in Chandigarh, where you did your uh I think DM, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, what uh, how we go to it is mm-hmm. uh, when we do there are. two branches basically uh, medical branches and surgical branches where we branch off after uh, the basic mbbs degree which everyone needs to have we branch off into being a physician or a surgeon ah. so for a physician it's mandatory to do md internal medicine after which we can specialize into a specific branch like i did neurology somebody else might become a cardiologist some other person Got might it. become an endocrinologist uh, so the md training still helps us you know when patients come to us they don't come with a neurological problem alone that's yeah. caused by uh, that's called co- that's caused by another medical problem which we need to know about so my md yeah. training did help me and still continues to help me um uh, i stayed away from home at the time we didn't have a telephone service which was you know which was regularly usable so i had to wait out in the cold weather to call home it was a pleasure just to get a call from home oh wow it was good actually the interesting thing was when i i all my life i wanted to become a physician mm-hmm. uh at least internal medicine but yeah. when i wrote my entrance in all india institute uh, i did not get uh, internal medicine at the first go uh-huh. so i got an ophthalmology uh, seat and mm-hmm. i had to become an op- i was i thought yes this is my destiny i'm going to become an ophthalmologist ah. and start I started operating also at the time. Oh wow! But then, uh, but then something happened. My the, my colleagues went to court about uh, the seat balance. 
um, which the institute was uh, giving out. And uh, the, the High Court of Delhi ordered a review of how seats were allotted and I could get into internal medicine because of the review. And Got for it. me, it was a huge thing. It was a huge thing. And uh, uh-huh. my dream was realized. That's a life-changing event. I mean, it was not something you tried, right? I badly wanted it. It didn't hmm. happen. Uh-huh. But somehow. Just what, do you say, what do you say for that? I, I recall Steve Jobs talking about you cannot connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect the dots looking backwards. And he says, you have to believe in something, karma, destiny, whatever. This seems like yeah. this is completely not in your hands. Like you didn't even try for it. It just happened and that changed uh, complete life, the direction in which you went. Yeah, I have no name for it. Uh, but I, I love what happened. Yeah. I don't <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I don't remember being anxious so much, you know. Yeah. Now there's a lot of anxiety because uh, there is a fear of missing out and uh, mm-hmm. you you're supposed to take calls. You're supposed to look at the messages. You're supposed to do a lot of things. Yeah. There's yeah. no pressures there. There's no such pressure then, you know. It was cool. It was a relaxed life. And I, I, I don't regret uh, yeah. not having all those gadgets then. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I heard someone uh, mention, uh, in, like, just like FOMO, there's uh, JOMO, <laughs> Joy of Missing Out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Whoever said that, uh, I love that guy that. just thinks just like me. Right? <laughs> a lot of joy missing out. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of joy missing out. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and what prompted you from Delhi? Did you go from Delhi directly to your uh, Chandigarh? Yeah, there was something interesting which happened. See, uh, just like I wanted to be a physician, I wanted to become an endocrinologist because my huh? dad practices uh, diabetes medicine. So I yeah. wanted to do something in, in those lines, uh, become an endocrinologist and treat diabetes and other such disorders. I did write uh, the entrance for endocrinology at uh, All India Institute of Medical Sciences, mm-hmm. but I messed up my paper. Uh, I made a mistake which uh, you know um, I didn't qualify. I didn't expect that. It was a big heartbreaking moment for me because I had been, you know, uh, I've been waiting for that my whole life. Yeah. When I was very down, uh, my friend, my junior, who had just joined six months before, uh, before I wrote my exam, my final exam, she said, uh, you know, take it easy. It is not the end of life. Uh, I, was, I asked her, what should I do now? She said, why don't you apply for uh, PGI, the institute uh, in Chandigarh? I said, what do I apply? There's no endocrinology seat there. She said, apply neurology. What's there? You're writing it anyway. Just write that. So randomly, with no planning, I just applied for neurology. And uh, there was a last day. So we had to rush to the um, post office and, you know, the courier van. We had to just put it in the courier van. It was was as late as that. It was like uh, like literally to the wire. Wow. To the wire. There was only one seat of neurology in PG. One seat. And... uh, Luck, you can call it luck or whatever. You're kidding. So there was only one seat and you were not even planning to apply for it and your friend no. pushed you and you applied and you got. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, you can, you know, things happen. <laughs> things happen. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Insane, uh, insane. Absolutely. At the time, I didn't uh, believe what was happening, but uh, I took it. And uh, I was still planning to leave uh, you know, three months after I joined. Uh, oh. If there was a but six months after I joined, I loved, I love neurology. My love for neurology grows every day. And yeah. I'm, I'm, my, my wide-eyed child in me, uh, you know, 
he continues to widen his eyes ever more. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so beautiful, it's so interesting, neurology, mm-hmm. that I can't believe my luck that uh, I'm, I'm here. Wow, uh, it's, um, people say uh, it's the last frontier of <laughs> health. I, people haven't really figured out. They probably figured out most of other parts of the body, but the brain is super mysterious and is that's a huge that cavern mm-hmm. it's a lot to explore and we are still there in the beginning you know it's a huge mm. amount to explore yeah it's a, it's a, it's it's lovely studying the brain yeah uh, as a practicing like neurologist you've been practicing for how long now you've been practicing for a while now right um, it's been uh, how long is it now nearly 20 years. no yeah it's uh, 17 years i think 17 years 17. wow 17 years That's like a long. long um, Don't tell have... my age to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not trying to get to your age. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to do a separate uh, recording some other time, just yeah. on the 17 years of your experience. But just if you if you if you can call out one or two things, especially I'm interested in any dark moments um, in your professional life that, and any lessons from that. um in the last 17 years like things that you either dark or maybe not it could be either way but i was going to call out maybe a dark moment and maybe a very highlight of a very positive moment as well or an experience rather that you learned something from we don't want to make mistakes as doctors mm. but uh, all of us make mistakes all the time yeah um uh, try to minimize the mistakes the doctor who makes the least mistakes is usually the one who's most successful it's it works like that we don't want uh-huh. to make mistakes but we do and my i made mistakes but yeah. i learned from them i remember see if you talk about uh, you know those highlights yeah i remember treating a patient uh, in 2004 mm-hmm. uh i was just beginning my practice then and uh, that patient came with uh, with no hope basically she was uh, referred uh, to me from an outside doc from a doctor uh, who i knew from a different hospital but she was basically given up for dead because she was unconscious oh. she, had a, she had a brain infection with lots of clots inside the brain it's called venous thrombosis mm-hmm. and she developed a severe neuropathy called as gbs giambar syndrome and she was continuously seizing and uh, she, in addition to all this she developed a demyelination in the brain she had oh. everything that a neurologist could hope to study but didn't want to face she was given up but uh-huh. we struggled with her for uh, two and a half months and uh, even the relatives lost hope she she came through and oh. uh, she's still uh, she's alive and she's uh-huh. doing her job and uh-huh. we have a chat around off she doesn't need me anymore yeah. but uh, you know, we meet outside and we have a chat and it's all good so for me that those situations give me hope that it is yeah. still possible you know there is nothing uh, we need to give up on and it is still possible to do things wow but there, have, there have been there have been dark yeah dark mm-hmm. moments too where mm-hmm. you struggle you struggle you do your stuff you lose the patient yeah and uh, many times the relatives of the patients understand that it is a difficult situation but sometimes they don't uh, we get blamed i uh, see that we came to you we spent this money and you couldn't uh, do it that's mm-hmm. some we get that sometimes and it's difficult to not only feel for the patient but also explain to the patient's uh, attendance uh, why we couldn't do it uh, and also 
tell them why the money that they spent mm-hmm. did not yield dividends or results so those situations are little awkward they're difficult and then you you don't know exactly how to tackle those you can't put on a face so those are difficult moments i yeah i can't quote any one but sure they happen yes and that's a constant i think it's pretty i mean both highs and lows are pretty it's like a roller coaster in some way uh, throughout you right you you need those to make yeah. you stronger yeah uh, you can't avoid those but if you don't have those you would not be the person that you are yeah i think it helps you grow it helps you grow right quickly overnight wow <laughs> uh, right uh, just um, just last few things uh, shrikant uh, i know we're definitely over an hour now um i know and i want to make sure i respect your time um just um, what, where do you see this whole like what is the next frontier for the brain related like research and things and what do you see in like the next 10 20 years artificial intelligence is in in a big way hmm. and we make people who are paralyzed walk talk move easily uh, we may treat dementias and we may be even able to reverse them and we may in the treatments for muscular dystrophy genetics is huge genetics genetics are uh, making rapid strides all the untreatable genetic disorders uh, now have hope of being treated so it's it's great the outlook for the future is very exciting and wow. uh, i'm i'm hopeful the next 10 years are going to see a huge revolution in neurology yeah and uh, and uh, i hope i can use some of the revolutions to treat my patients yeah you're a half uh, glass half full guy huh hoping that the glass becomes i know that the glass <laughs> will become full <laughs> uh, no that's i don't have any doubt that the glass is going to get full soon <laughs> <laughs> um and per- personally like then this is super exciting and i i couldn't agree with you more just being in the computer science field and and definitely learning myself about machine learning and ai and uh, very fascinating advancements there um but that's it's just for another discussion hopefully we'll get to chat again sometime but just a few last like rapid fire uh, where are you going personally or professionally sorry um like what's your next 10 20 years look like for you i i I sound very awkward and sheepish when I say that I'm I don't plan a lot. Yeah. So I generally for me the patient uh, is what matters. Uh, yeah. Many people ask me why don't you build a hospital you you are this and that and all that. Yeah. But I don't think I can run one. Uh, so I didn't plan one. So I don't know where I'm going uh, professionally mm-hmm. but I want to take care of the next patient well. So that's all I can say. Very interesting. Wow. Uh, I think that's pretty profound. I mean I I heard somebody say this like you don't build you you don't build an amazing wall you just lay the brick the next brick really well that's all i hope to do because <laughs> i know that uh, you know the future is not in my hands but nice. the next patient i want to care for completely i hope yeah. to do that awesome personally i'm in a very happy space yeah. i've got a great family my uh, parents uh, give me still a lot of support they still ask whether i have eaten or not uh, <laughs> i mean i i, I get reminded that uh, yes somebody is still taking care of me just like yeah. uh, i being taken care of when i was younger and that uh, you know that gives me a lot of joy and my uh, my kids are both uh, fantastic they give me a lot of joy every single day and uh, i can't ask my friends yeah you know who they are again uh, they are uh, constantly with me and mm-hmm. i'm very i told you i'm i'm, I'm very lazy i procrastinate right. a lot i don't get in touch with them they still love me and i can't ask for more 